welcome to Bridging Chicago, a podcast that aims to connect our listeners to Chicago's business, community, cultural, and charity leaders. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. My name is Nathan, and I'm your host for today's episode. Be sure to check out our website, www.bridgingchicago.com, to check out our season six episodes, as well as all of our prior podcast episodes. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Amy Danzer, the Director of Programming with the Printers Row Lit Fest. We all know how amazing festivals are in Chicago, how Chicago loves a good festival, so we're really excited for today's conversation. The Printers Row Lit Fest is the largest free outdoor literacy showcase in the Midwest and features indoor and outdoor programming throughout the weekend of September 9th and 10th. Amy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me on. This is a pleasure. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to get to talk to you. I love to read. I love to um, have my local uh, used bookshop that I go to and, and I always get uh, I, I really like mystery, so that's mostly what I get. But um, I've been looking forward to our conversation because, like, the combination of books and a good festival, like, I feel like that's a win-win. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I actually want to begin our discussion talking about literacy and reading as a resource, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Reading has been a huge emphasis in schools, obviously, you know, kids are, there's a lot of reading programs and a lot of incentive programs for kids to, to read, but I'm often surprised at how many challenges there are to actually making the resource available to all kids. Can you share with us why you think reading is so important and why making sure that kids have access to books that are actually accessible to them, that they can read and enjoy why that is so important for all kids throughout the city of Chicago and beyond. Yeah, that's a big question. It's like a, that's a thousand dollar question. Um, I mean, I feel like probably I'd have a similar answer uh, when it comes to adult readers. I feel like Mm -hmm. just books are so important in um, helping pave a way for empathy, for helping, you know, people see a way out of their situation or to see Mm. alternatives to how to, to deal with life. Um, So, so I'm a big advocate and you're right. I mean, there are just extra challenges these days too, when you've got um, libraries shutting down, you know, getting shut down, or you've got books that are being banned. Um, I mean, at unprecedented levels, it's kind of surreal. Um, So, uh, so yeah, I just, I feel like, you know, there are ways to support um, libraries. Like, I feel like sometimes we just kind of take them for granted. Like, they're there. They'll always be there, you know. But mm. how many of us need to renew our library card, you know? And the thing is, yeah. like, the government looks at those kinds of things. Like, how, you know, how many library cards are active in their system? So mm. if you don't have an active library card, listeners, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I admit, like, I need to renew mine. It's it's expired. And, like, I need to get my butt over to my local library. <laughs> <laughs> my nephew works at yeah. a library in Milwaukee. It's like, it's a, our family is very um, supportive of literary arts. So, 
uh, it's an important thing uh, to us. And to, I mean, to me in particular, I'm a, I'm a big bookworm. And when I was younger, I didn't, I don't think I, um, I mean, I like to read, but like the stuff that I read in school wasn't always, I don't know. It just, it didn't excite me. Um, I, yeah. I feel like I came to books truly like when I was older, you know, when I got to read some of the more <laughs> interesting stuff. Um, yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, I just cannot get enough. Like sign me up, you know? And then I just yeah. literature classes. And um, anyway, I don't need to get into my <laughs> personal journey yeah. too much more, but um, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot easier when you get to pick what you're reading versus when you're forced to read certain things. I We were, we had to read Johnny Tremaine, I think in fifth grade. And I was like, what is this? But <laughs> Uh, when you get to choose what you're reading, it it, it makes it a lot easier. And to your point on the library cards, um, at least in Chicago, I know that your library card gives you access to much more than books or movies or whatever is in the physical library. I believe it also gives you access to the museums and, yep. and different things around the city that people don't always realize that the uh, library card has uh, value way beyond just being able to check out a book. Yeah. I think I don't, again, I haven't, I haven't checked this out in a while, but like, I feel like you can, you can basically check out like a family pass, right. Mm -hmm. At at the library with your library card to go to certain libraries that are, or um, to certain museums that are part of that, that uh, effort. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think you're right. Um, It's really a great, a great resource. And uh, and thank you for sharing that. Um, you you also kind of hinted at something that I thought was really interesting. And um, I was thinking about this as I was preparing. Um, I feel like reading for me has been something that when there's some void, uh, some social void, because whether it comes from social distancing and, and what, you know, and what COVID has brought to the world, um, or whether maybe you're just an introverted person. And for you, like being around people isn't necessarily easy. Um, or maybe you just need to be away sometimes, you need, you know, regardless of who you are, just, it's good to kind of step away. And so when you have that social void, I feel like reading is something that can definitely fill that, um, and, and kind of fuel that even. So for you, um, how, what do you think about that? Do you feel like, um, reading has done the same thing for you or that it can do the same thing for other people? Yeah, it's definitely done that for me. I mean, you just mentioned, you know, the pandemic and um, I found myself reading a lot more um, nonfiction books than I've ever read before, like a lot more memoirs. Um, And I, you know, I've had conversations about this, like, what was that about, you know, and I feel like (laughs) part of it was, you know, just having that distance and not being able to like regularly have dinner with friends or coffee or to see family, you know, um, I mean, it was alienating time and there, um, are a lot of folks who are, you know, are in, in, in that state regularly, like outside of the pandemic, you know? And so for whatever reasons, um, and so I feel like, yeah, I feel like words, language, stories can just kind of create these bridges between people and ideas and, um, I feel like books can also be empowering. Like it sounds like you're talking about like an introverted, like an introvert's experience. Maybe I'm yeah. saying that question, but no, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, yeah, sometimes you can, somebody can read a book and they can feel empowered or emboldened by a character in the book who had similar circumstances or not similar circumstances at all, but relatable ones, you know? All right. So uh, as much as we could talk about books, probably forever, um, let's get to the to the Printers Row Lit Fest, because I know that's why we're here. And it's something that it's super fun. I've gone many times. Um, I used to live right there. So it was uh, in my backyard a few times. But um, I do want to yeah, it, it was it was amazing. But I do want to uh, have help people understand a little bit more about what it is. So can you can share with us what is Printers Row Lit Fest and when it happens and sort of what people can expect? Yep. So it happens once a year. And historically, it would happen in June, like the first or second weekend mm. of June. And the pandemic kind of knocked everything sideways. Okay. And so I feel like a lot of different festivals in the city of Chicago are just kind of like picking yeah. different dates, like Taste of Chicago is different. And and it's actually happening the same weekend as Printer's Row Lip Fest. So it's a twofer if you go to the fest. Oh, nice. Um, also enjoy the Taste of Chicago. Um, yeah. Or vice versa. Um, they're right next door to each other. So why wouldn't you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so this this year, the festival is going to take place Saturday, September nine, and Sunday, September ten. Um, and the festival happens from like ten in the morning till six o'clock in the evening, both days. Um, okay. And there are different pieces to it. So um, there's the programming piece of it, and so there are going to be like seventy five plus programs where there are authors talking about their new books. Um, historians, scholars, comedians, you know, just all kinds of storytellers um, mm. that, that are featured. Um, and it's like uh, over 220 presenters mm. are involved this year. It's, it's a lot. Um, yeah. And I'm really excited about the programming. And then there's also the exhibitors. So if you're just interested in like walking down the street and enjoying the, the outdoors and the city vibes. You can just walk from West Polk down Dearborn, or I should say up Dearborn to Ida B. Wells. Um, we take over like five blocks pretty much um, yeah. with just, you know, tents of books and, and all sorts of fun stuff. And it's not just, you know, programming or shopping um, there are also, you know, literary organizations, um, and publishing companies. So say you're, a, a young, like, or not even like a young writer, but like, say you're a new writer and you're curious about the different publishing houses out there. Um, it's a way to get to, to know what kind of publishing houses are available. And so Feral House is going to be there. Haymarket Books. Um, I think Agate Press is going to be there. So it's it's kind of a very educational thing for people. Yeah. Too. Um, I don't think enough people take advantage of that aspect of it, um, but it really is a great opportunity to kind of get to know some of the players like in the literary world in Chicago and beyond. So, yeah, it, it really does seem like the perfect place to to kind of see reading or see literature in a new way because i think i think before when i thought of reading i thought of like taking your book into your own little space and 
kind of being by yourself, which is sometimes the great thing about reading. But it it actually has can have a community aspect to it, um, whether it's through book clubs or through festivals like like uh, Printers Are Lit Fest um, or Book Talk on TikTok or other things. Um, I think the the social aspect of books is very underrated and very underutilized. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, Printers Are Lit Fest has been around for 38 years, uh, which is a long time to to have something. And so there must be some connection. There must be something that people get out of it that's more than just like, oh, I like to read and so I'm going to go to Printers Are Lit Fest. For sure. Yeah, I feel like there's people go to the fest for so many different reasons, you know, mm-hmm. so people go to like, you know, meet a famous writer, you know, or to listen, you know, to kind of do some shopping. Right. So like, let yeah. me see what these books are about. Does this get me excited? Yes. Mm-hmm. No. Um, and then there's like some of the programs that we have are just very interactive. Like we have uh, a bunch of children's programming that's, that's planned. So we have, for example, um, we have a scavenger hunt um, where little kids can start at a particular booth and then get a list and then they have to kind of go to other booths. It's very interactive that way. Wow. And they get to learn about like books and and meet other, you know, um, publishers and that sort of thing. Um, we have a, there's a bookstore in Evanston called Booked. Um, and they're going to be hosting like a bubbles and bookmark dance party, which is going to oh, be a wow. lot of fun. Um, on Sunday, we have drag story hour. Um, we're going to have a storybook parade um, where kids can dress up in costumes and they'll be led by the Chicago Public Library's Great Horned Owl mascot and um, okay. Miss Friendship Ambassador um, presented by the Chinatown Chamber of Commerce. They're going to be leading this little parade. I mean, it's so cute. These little kids. Yeah outfits and their storybook, you know, their favorite storybook characters. Um, Yeah. And, and there's going to be a draw along for little guys um, on Sunday morning with DJ Corkin. Um, So it's, it's interactive, you know, parents can, you know, bring their kiddos, their aunts and uncles or grandparents can bring their little people um, and, you know, be involved. Um, There's also like spoken word and poetry, which is, um, and conversation. So like there, if there's a conversation about a, a book that's written about some political topic, um, you know, there's, there's Q and a opportunities. So if people mm. want to ha- ask questions of the, the presenters, they can do that as well. So lots going on, <laughs> Nathan. Yeah. Going on. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that's something that's built up over time as more people find out about it and become interested in it. And, start to kind of engage with it i think uh i would assume that more gets added i mean that that's uh, that's even more i've been there and that's even way more exhibitors than i even realized um that were down there um can you share with us a little bit about because it, it's printers row and so i know that there are book like permanent bookstores there that mm-hmm. reside in that area share with us about the the permanent bookstores and sort of their involvement and their connection with the neighborhood and then with the the printers are lit fest yeah well sandmeyer's bookstore is right there um right on printers row uh, or right on dearborn avenue south dearborn mm-hmm. avenue 
they've been there for a long time. I, for, I forget exactly how many years, but they're going to be, they're one of our official partners for the festivals. Okay. They're going to be selling books for a number of, um, selling books of authors who are being presented at a number mm-hmm. of stages. Um, they're fantastic. You know, um, if people attend the festival, they should definitely stop by the tent that Sam Myers is going to have and then poke, poke your head into the store wonderful selection and it's a new um owner ellen hansen so it was ellen sandmeyer and now it's ellen hansen (laughs) um both are fabulous and again booksellers are just the best um we also have um susie takish uh who runs the bookseller in lincoln square so that's north of um printers row neighborhood but um she comes down with books and sells them there for a couple of our other stages. She's incredible. Um, and that bookstore is really fun too. They've got um, like a cafe so you can go in and enjoy a coffee or a glass of wine while reading your book and shopping. And they've got a great children's selection. So um, yeah, so that's, that's what I can say about just a couple of the, the, um, the booksellers who are involved, but those the two I just mentioned are um, offic- like officially like selling books for our authors or presenters. Along Dearborn, there's going to be about a hundred plus exhibitors, so all kinds of fun, you know, booksellers who've got like rare books, used books, new books, um, children's books, what have you. So, yeah, I, I just thought of this question and. Yeah. Um, I know it's uh, it's a bit of a sensitive topic, but I, I would love to get kind of your take on this. And this is this um, banned book, hmm. I want to say phenomenon that's been happening because I think it has been elevated to a level that most people probably wouldn't have expected where um, books are getting banned, not for reasons that they used to, let's just say it that way. So for you, um, and I know this is maybe a little more personal thing, but for you, sort of, what do you, how, how do you see that? And, and then is there sort of danger in trying to figure out what books we need to protect from children or from the general public and, and what, you know, where free speech comes in and just says, like, if people are writing this and they should be able to share it with the, the public. Wow, that's I think an entire show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Into that question, um, yeah, it's I mean it's a huge topic. I feel like um, banning books is it's just a very complicated yeah issue, right? Because I mean I feel like some people, um, you know, I, I've I've seen these videos going around on social media, you know, where it's like, well, like if you actually were to present some of the stories that are told in, you know, um, the Bible, you know, like mm-hmm. they would ban the Bible, you know, but then yeah. places they've done that. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's right. Wild. Um, right. it's like, what is really going on here? You know? And, um, and I feel like it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's all kind of related to our very polarized culture right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that it will like work, work itself out. Yeah. Um, I also feel like we need to be 
diligent in preserving like the right to have books made available. And if you're that concerned as a parent about what kind of books your kid is being exposed to, then you need to be more involved with them. But that doesn't like that's your business. Don't prevent other people from those opportunities, you know, and um and I think those folks really need to ask themselves, what are they most afraid of? Like, truly, like, what are they yeah. really worried about? Um, you know, and it, that requires a lot of self-reflection that people aren't up for doing. <laughs> so yeah. it's tricky. We're actually going to have at the festival a discussion about banned books. Um, the Chicago Public Library is hosting a program and a few authors from the city of Chicago who have had their books banned um, from libraries um, are going to be speaking. Uh, Erica L. Sanchez, Amy Polinsky, and I'm trying to remember um, Jesse Ann Foley. Um, So there are going to be a few authors there. So, so if people want to have like a real conversation about this, I feel like definitely make it to that event. Yeah. Um, I think it's Saturday afternoon on the, on the center stage. So, yeah. That sounds like it'll be a really interesting discussion. And I hope um, I hope that, you know, people are able to share with it, just to kind of start talking about it, because I do, uh, as you mentioned, it is very polarizing. But I think what what I see is really important is that, you know, we keep books in the hands of kids and in the hands of people who can continue to learn and, and make decisions for themselves, but having the information that they need to have. And I think that's so important. Um, and I, I completely understand people, you know, obviously parents wanting to protect their children. Um, but I think there's a difference between that and making it available for other parents who want to teach their children certain things. Right. Um, and so hopefully the polarization of the topic doesn't take away from people learning more about it. And I think it's so cool that you're having those authors there because I think they'll be able to facilitate an amazing discussion. Uh, sort of along those same lines, um, we've talked about it a little bit, but for the Printers Row Lit Fest, how do you see um, your social responsibility and then how do how are the, how is the festival determined to walk that out um, year after year for the people of Chicago? The social responsibility. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like one of the objectives of the fest is to inspire reading, to celebrate books, um, and to, to inspire curiosity, you know, and, um, and to fuel conversations, to not Mm. be afraid of, of conversations, um, and to be careful to self-censor too much. You know, I feel like we do need to kind of like roll up our sleeves and have these conversations. So, Mm. Um, one of our one of our stages in particular um, at 731 South Plymouth Court, um, those two days uh, on Saturday and Sunday, um, that stage, the majority of those discussions um, kind of deal with um, topical topical events, you know, um, mm-hmm. so, you know, um, inequity in healthcare, female rights, you know, civil rights, human rights. Um, and so, so I feel like, uh, I'm, I'm very excited about those conversations. I'm very sad that I will be like in author check-in and hospitality (laughs) most of the day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, making sure everybody knows where they're going. I'm so yeah. sad. The whole, the whole schedule, I'm just like very excited about. And so I'm just going to rely on other people to tell me how it all went. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I definitely plan on going. So, um, so yeah, we'll do it how, what I think from my perspective, because yeah. uh, it is something that I've enjoyed. So I'm look even more looking forward to it now, Yeah, which is uh, so fun. Excellent. Um, obviously, we we've gotten some sampling of of your personal connection to the festival and, and to the work that goes into it. But um, can you share with us sort of with with what you do and, and your connection to the authors and to the other people who are putting the work into making the festival happen? How does it make you feel to be a part of this, to be um, one of the people who is helping to put this on? And especially when the people all come together and get to enjoy the festival on that weekend. I, it, it makes me so happy. <laughs> I mean, like right now, like leading up to the festival, there's just like a lot of moving pieces and craziness. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, it's just so, it, it's just so exciting when, when the weekend is actually there and, you know, these, these authors have these new books out and it's an opportunity for us to kind of showcase these wonderful authors and to be able to, you know, help them help amplify their voices mm -hmm. and, um, and to see people enjoy, you know, the festival and, you know, wander around the streets and find unexpected, you know, treasures, you know, along the, along Dearborn. And um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm excited and I feel like, I mean, one of the things I like about working with the team that I work with is that they're all, um, just passionate as well yeah. about what we're doing. I mean, I feel like there are so many people in the city of Chicago who love this festival and have been there, you know, if not like right there in the middle of it, like along the sidelines, just like rooting it on and helping mm -hmm. in whatever way they can to ensure mm -hmm. that it continues. Um, it's the only way a thing like this does survive is to have like so many people interested, invested, supporting it, you know, financially, emotionally, intellectually, whatever, you know, and so um, it's, it's fun. And it's inspiring to be around people who are all that stoked about it, the same thing. Yeah. 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 Um, it's maybe a little hard to like, look into the future and see with it coming up so quickly. But but maybe if you can look further into the future of the, the festival uh, and say, you know, if we could continue to grow this, continue to, to do this and to, um, you know, have endless resources, what would you love to see for the future of the Preneurs Row Lit Fest? Huh. Endless resources. <laughs> I, my, my. Wow. I don't know that my brain can even do that math. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I, I would love for, um, yeah, it would be great to have some educational, more educational programming that was, um, that maybe helped kind of bridge, you know, um, the printers row neighborhood to other parts of the neighborhoods or other, I should say to other neighborhoods in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, I've talked to a number of people who have been around the fest for a long time. And I, I feel like, there's some, some interest in doing that kind of thing, you know, but again, it's just, it's about like human power and mm -hmm. 
financial resources and that sort of thing. But it would be kind of nice to see it kind of grow tentacles um, mm. in other parts of the city and to, um, you know, and to maybe even not be just a one time a year event, but maybe there would be, you know, a couple of other things, like one or two other things, like throughout the year um, to kind of just keep those discussions going and um, to keep reading, you know, on people's minds, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I love to see it exist and we love to see it grow even more. And so we know that with people like you and the team there, that it will continue to do that. Um, and especially because, I mean, fests are something that the, the city can get behind so, so easily. And, um, and, and with, you know, you go over to Taste of Chicago, you get some Chicago food, wash your hands, and then come over to the Lit Fest. So, there you go. Uh, yeah. I think that, that's, that sounds like a great day to me. <laughs> like, I mean, like food and books, like, yeah. Yeah. Food and books. What more is there? Plants. I know. Okay. <laughs> Especially if you get those little samples of, you know, you get like, a, I don't know if they're going to have Eli's cheesecake, but you get the little Eli's cheesecake, you get a little Italian beef, something like that, you know. Well, Slice and you know, my bodies and <laughs> that whole neighborhood, I mean, there's just like so much food already, like in that yeah. South Loop neighborhood. I mean, just yeah. you've got, yeah, anyway, there's just like tons of great restaurants. Roots is right there. Um, yeah. Sours right around the corner from the fest, um, and yeah, so fun fun places just right there along Dearborn. Yeah, so, when you yeah. have that, um, I think it may be called Dearborn Station. That really cool building there on um, probably Polk, I guess it is. Yeah, um, it, it's just even cool just to walk around and see. You know, the library is right there, and then that Dearborn Station and. Uh, it seems like a pocket of the city or at least the downtown area that people don't really know that is actually a pretty cool area to walk around in. Cause you can also find places in there that are actually pretty quiet and it's nice to just walk down the street and sort of get that neighborhood feel in, in a pocket where you may not expect it. Yeah. Well, and there's just so much history in that neighborhood too. I mean, yeah. early in Chicago's history, I mean, that was kind of like the hub, you know, if you were, mm taking the train from New York to California, like that's where you would, mm. that's where you would stop, you know, you would stop right there at Dearborn. And, uh, and then like, I, I'm not exactly sure the time span, but I think like maybe mid century, you know, like, like I'm guessing, but like the seventies till, till maybe the late nineties, um, that was like the Midwest hub of publishing. Mm was that neighborhood so like a lot yeah, of those yeah. were like publishing houses now they've been kind of converted to cute lofts and condos and stuff like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's still some of that um that element preserved in those buildings which is fun yeah. to, to, to see yeah yeah I'm, I'm sure it makes it fun to to live down there when you get the the chicago brick walls and you know the the historical aspects of of that area as well. Yeah. Well, Amy, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, I've really enjoyed our discussion and um, I hope that people are really encouraged to go because I know that uh, you can tell that all of this is done really thoughtfully and, and with it in mind for people to come 
to enjoy it, to learn, and to just get motivated to keep getting involved, keep buying books, keep learning about new authors, new Chicago authors, and and bring more people to the fest. That would be lovely. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me on, Nathan. It was really nice to talk yeah, with you. And we should, we should debrief when you're post post Yeah, oh, for sure. Going to see. Yeah, I absolutely. I know. I know it's rain or shine, so uh, I'll have to pull out my poncho if uh, <laughs> if it happens to rain. But or if it's like today, we're filming on uh, on the day when it's record heat. So well, in that case, I'll just bring a thing of water and dump it on my head every few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but you just never know. That's the fun part, right? You have Chicago, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I know that regardless of what is happening outside, that you all will be down uh, on, that's on Dearborn between um, Polk and you said the furthest north one Ida is Ida B. Wells, yep, right? Ida B. Wells. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. And of course, we want to thank our listeners for tuning into this episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. If you would like to get more information on the fest, you can visit printersrowlitfest.org. Be sure to make your plans to attend Printers Row Lit Fest happening on September 9th and 10th in Printers Row between the Loop and South Loop in Chicago. Remember, the fest is a rain or shine event and Amy and her team will be ready to welcome you. You can find more ways to connect with them and get details on the fest as well as listen to the other episodes of the podcast on our website, www.bridgingchicago.com. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solutions Center. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guest. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of SATC Solutions Center, SATC Law, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the hosts and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding.